1: of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If you can liken the book of Ephesians to a car, Ephesians chapter one verses one through three and chapter three verse 13 is the engine. Chapter three verses 14 through 21 is the ignition switch. And chapters four through six is the roadmap for where and how to drive. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, is like a cry from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as we focus on Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21 and look at three requests in Paul's prayer in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Filled Up to All the Fullness of God. Love is using the
0: spiritual resources and the physical resources that God gives you in order to serve the needs of others. And it is accomplished by the work, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The next time you see a need, you should ask, can I play a part in meeting that need? And if you can, and you go do it, you have the ironclad promise, God will enable you to do that thing, because He is the power who is at work within you by His Holy Spirit. 1 John 3.17 puts it this way, But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? And the implied answer is, well, it doesn't. Now, I said, love can generate some feelings. Let me illustrate that for you. Go buy a stock. Go buy stock in something. Suddenly, you will have feelings for what happens in the stock market. Completely outside of yourself. Why? Because you have invested in it, right? You will have feelings for people that you invest in. It will deepen your compassion. It will stretch your sympathetic bones. It will sometimes uh, frustrate you into greater and greater patience. But you'll care. But it starts with action. John wrote in the next chapter of First John, though he didn't call it a different chapter, chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us, Would you like me to translate that into Ephesians? Having been rooted and grounded in love. All right. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in Him. Or in Ephesians, He works by the power of His Spirit within us in the inner man. He goes on to write, By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because He first loved us or having been rooted and grounded in love. We love because He first loved us. Loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates His brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So-called love that doesn't take action on behalf of someone else is not love. Over in 1 Corinthians 13, that famous love chapter, love is patient, love is kind, all those things. If you look at that in the Greek, you'll find that every description of love is not an adjective. It's not pretty. It's not blue. Uh, they're, all, they're all verbs. Love is action. You have to describe it with action words. Uh, you can't take a, 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 a capture love in a, in a still picture. It has to be a movie. It's got to have moving parts to it. Now, back to our text, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Great word picture to describe the vastness of Christ's love. He probably uses architectural terms because he's been using the metaphor of a building off and on since back in chapter 2, but the breadth describes God's love extending all the way from Jews to Gentiles, groups that hated each other, same love. Both groups, same Savior. The length He's described in uh, chapter 1, God's love extends from eternity to eternity. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world so that we can be seated with Christ in the heavenlies. How about the depth of His love? His, his love extends to the depths of the pollution of our sin. Chapter 2, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but He made us alive. And the height of God's love, well, it extends to the heavenlies where we are seated with Christ. So now look at the next phrase in the beginning of chapter nine, uh, verse 19. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Don't you love that? That is an inspired oxymoron. Oxymoron is a word picture that uses opposites or incompatible things to, to make a point, like the, the deafening silence. Y- we know exactly what that means, but deafening and silent are opposites. You put them together, and you can say something. I, um, Bruce Smith gave me a gift book uh, a, a while back that I'm, I'm going to uh, take with me when I have a little bit of time away. I, I just want to savor this a bite at a time. The book is called Oxymoronica. It's a study of oxymoronic statements and how it's, it, it actually uh, stretches your brain, and especially a twisted little one like mine. It's a, it's a good fit. The, uh, that guy's ignorance is encyclopedic. I picked that one out of, the, out of the book there. Here, Paul says, I want you to comprehend. What does that mean? Know, understand, appropriate, make it your own, put it in your heart. I want you to comprehend the love of Christ, which... Surpasses knowledge. Wow, really? How can that be? Well, you can only experientially know it by doing it. Yeah, you understand it. You're rooted and grounded in love. But when you do it, you begin to see the, well, the breadth and the height and the length and the depth or the, and the width of the love. How can you comprehend that which is beyond understanding? Now, in words that can, in, well, as I would say, in human words, you can never exhaust the description of the love of God. I remember a, a Sunday night service when I was a young Christian. I would, I, I would, I would go to church, and um, I could, uh, I could sing along with any song on any of the pop music stations from my. From my teenage years, I, I think I know Simon and Garfunkel's songs better than they do. Um, and I can just in an instant have them, have them playing in my head. And I would go to church and I would be with these people who would sing these songs that I had never heard. And they sang with such something so special. There was, there was joy in it. And even though I, I didn't understand it, even though it wasn't my style, I knew this is part of this new life that I found in Christ. And this is part of how you, how you show it. And, oh, our generation has taken this and gone just, I, I think the Greek word for it is stupid. They've said, Young people don't understand the music of the church, so we're gonna make the music of the church worldly like what the people what what the the, what the people know. That's exactly the opposite. It's make this glorify God so that someone who walks in realizes there's something going on here. And I see these people loving each other in ways that I've never seen anywhere else. It's ours to learn. Well, one of those Sunday night services, I remember vividly which row I was sitting in as I was looking at the hymnal. Yeah, there's those things, you know, they're, they kind of look like books and they have music in them and stuff. And we sang this and it stuck with me. I remembered this on my first hearing of it. The song, which is cleverly titled, The Love of God, includes this. Could we with ink the oceans fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. How could we ever comprehend the love of god it's by being rooted and grounded in it so that we stand in christ so that we can let his uh, his love flow through us and he could use us to love somebody else it's not how you feel about people it's how you sacrifice for them that shows your love sometimes that means you have to lovingly rebuke a brother or sister Just like you would yell to stop a child running toward the curb when there's a car coming. Sometimes that's the loving thing to do, and sometimes somebody won't like it. But it's the loving thing to do. Sometimes you love a person by telling them that they need Christ. And it's great joy when they respond, turn to Him, but sometimes you have this great sorrow that they're Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald for Heritage Bible
1: Radio. I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.